0: Welcome back to the Net Zero Carbon Summit here on Freightways. This is Alan Adler, the Midwest Bureau Chief. My guest uh, for this segment is Nicholas Reindahl, who is the General Manager and Executive Vice President for en- Enride uh, here in the US. Uh, he's coming to us from Austin today. And I just am excited to have Nicholas back. He was a guest on Truck Tech a few months ago. We've had an opportunity to talk about Enride's uh, both electric and autonomous activities uh, really around the world, but now more and more in the U.S. And Nicholas, welcome back. Good to have you.
1: Thank you, Alan. It's nice to be here
0: again. Yeah, you know, today, because we're talking carbon and it's something that has been a big part of what Enride has been about from the very beginning, I wanted to, wanted to just sort of dive in with you and and ask you a little bit as, as decarbonization is such a major part of your efforts. When we think about electrification, we, we tend to automatically think of zero tailpipe emissions. But there's a lot more, isn't there?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, we, we definitely approach it from, I would say, a fleet perspective and also from a system efficiency perspective. And I think uh, two things that, that goes into it is that one of the great things with direct electrification, meaning battery electric, is that you preserve so much of the energy that you generate from the time where you generate it, getting it into the battery and that power to the ground. Uh, compared to other alternatives in going electric, uh, like hydrogen, etc. cetera. Um, so w- we believe that battery electric is sort of the emerging dominating technology from an energy preservation perspective and an energy efficiency perspective. And then also um, it's not bespoke for battery electric, but I think when you go electric, it kind of calls out the need for a more efficient fleet performance. You don't wanna show up at a charger and uh, waiting for two hours for another truck to charge up, and you will lose your operation at uptime. And because of this added complexity of introducing more parameters into your fleet operation and planning, uh, you will be more reliant on smart, algorithms and, and a good operating system to manage a fleet of battery electric trucks. If you don't, you're going to lose on the operational uptime and the utilization of the assets. And basically, you're going to sort of need more trucks than you actually need to move a certain volume of goods from A to B. So we believe that Electrification calls for new technology to support with the operations of it.
0: Okay, well, that's a fair segue because you know you have a partnership with uh, AP Moller-Maersk's Performance Team, and it calls for Enride, uh, not not the maker of the truck, which is BYD, but for 300 electric trucks by 2025. And you know, Maersk could have just gone and bought the trucks from BYD and called it a day. So, what is unique about Enride's freight mobility platform? in regard to this particular deal. It's a very large deal, by the way.
1: Yeah, it's a significant deal, you, you, you're right. It's uh, deploying 300 heavy duty class A trucks, and then we have an option for 500 more. And we're grateful for the collaboration with Maersk. They, they're also an investor in Android. And I think the, uh, the thesis, Adam, that Maersk had was that it, equipment is one thing, But in order to operate that equipment effectively, you need good technology to do it. Uh, And that technology thesis in terms of getting access to an operating system and a broader ecosystem, that's really why they invested in Android and that we have a good, uh, strong, large commercial collaboration together. So what, what we provide Marsk is turnkey solution for what we call capacity as a service It's a combination of of having the trucks uh, go live, having them connected into our digital platform, which we call Saga, but also providing turnkey charging infrastructure to support that capacity and operate that capacity in an effective way. So we believe that hopefully we can make the adaptation to the new technology easier by providing that turnkey supported by good technology.
0: Okay, your your website, uh, Nicholas, makes a pretty bold claim. It says that the Saga uh, basically coordinates all parts of the transportation ecosystem to accelerate the shift to full electric or fully electric. You've claimed CO2e, uh, I presume electric savings, of 95% when switching from diesel-based freight operations to shipping with Enride. Um, unpack that for a minute and and sort of walk us
1: through that, if you could. Absolutely. I mean, first of all, Enride, we've we've been around now for for six plus years. Um, It's a Swedish company uh, and we combine engineering capabilities from industrial engineering and platform engineering. And one of the benefits of sort of being a Swedish native uh, company uh, is that when we started out, there is a lot of availability for clean energy. You have hydro, you have wind, uh, the grid in Sweden is is particularly good and and uh, and supports electrification in a good way so right off the bat when we started out we had access to, to green energy really accomplishing that 95% uh, achievement and also in the US it's a, it's an important part of our narrative to, to team up with uh, energy providers and really strive to have green energy going into to our fleet of operations. Um, so, so we always strive to, to, to achieve that. Um, one good thing as well is that, how do you know that you actually achieve what you set out to do? And we recently uh, actually have accreditation and certification through the Saga platform in terms of actual CO2 reductions. And this is something that our customers are using to have a uh, uh, climate auditing reports coming out from the fleet that we're operating from them. And we're happy to be able to support that.
0: you you mentioned, uh, well, you know, on, on Saga, you know, the 12 time, uh, when we think of 12 time, it's typically, you know, waiting to be unloaded or loaded, but you mentioned something that's top of the uh, show here that that is important and that is, you know, waiting for charging. Um, so how does Saga affect this, if that's the right way to think about it?
1: At the core of Saga, if you look at the um, algorithms that we have, it's something that we call VDC, uh, and that stands for vehicle driver charging. And basically what that means is that you have dynamic planning algorithms that take all the parameters in terms of the schedules so the truck availability, the charging availability, and energy availability, uh, the driver schedules, combining that with the operational schedule for a truck each day, uh, including where do you go and pick up? Where do you drop off? What's your service windows? um, What are the resting schedules for the drivers? All of these parameters makes electric exponentially more complex to plan. And then if you have a large fleet, like what we're deploying with Maersk, you also have the size of that fleet adding to that exponential complexity. So what you need is simply good scheduling algorithms. All of this need to click in and sort of dance in a synchronized way. And when you do, you're able to have a, a tremendous overall utilization on each individual truck, as well as the overall fleet. And the good thing is that although electric drives a more heavy CapEx investment today, I mean, the trucks are still 2 to 2.5x more expensive than the equivalent diesel truck. You do need to invest in charging infrastructure and that equipment. Um, But in in, in taking that investment up front, making sure that you have a good utilization uh, and high operational time or economic value add, if you so want, uh, even today, you actually have a positive business case by going electric, basically hitting that inflection point when the utilization is big enough to offset the cost of diesel with more cost-efficient electricity, compensating for that upfront investment that you need to do.
0: But I, I think you've got to you've got to admit that, that you know freight is sort of dynamic; it doesn't always do exactly what it's supposed to do. Now, if you so you are doing something like dredge, right? I mean, you typically know when the ship's coming, when it gets unloaded, where you're going to in the Inland Empire, for example, and things like that. But if you think about some other freight movement, maybe, you know, in the Midwest, for example, and I know you've got some operations there, how flexible is your scheduling system and so forth to adjust for
1: changes and things like that? It's pretty dynamic. I mean, um, uh, at, at the core of it if we if we talk about the operations in the midwest and we have a, a few customers up there with general electric uh, we also have uh, a bridgestone uh, and some other customers that were already operating with general electric appliances to be specific um the the, the key thing there is the charge planning and uh, i fully agree it's dynamic things happen throughout the shift um and and we are able to instantly and dynamically reshuffle that charge plan. We call it mitigation planning in the software that we have in order to cater for that dynamic um, operational sort of conditions as much as we can. I I will say as well though, uh, Alan, um, what we see in Maersk being such a significant player in the big ports, There is also other innovation happening in order to try to enable electrification in a good way. For example, in New Jersey, we're collectively engaging in trying to have dedicated electric lanes. So you have better flow through to and from the ports by going electric. And we see some great benefits uh, and, and, and we see the infliction between sort of private and public money Really collaborating and running around this, which is great. Well, this is this is like the
0: lanes on the highway, basically. That you know, if you're a uh, zero or low emission, you have a sticker, you can uh, move right through. I guess. L- let's talk a little bit. You know, Performance Team mostly does drayage, right? It's the obvious earlier early adopter for electric trucks, and that's why we've seen and are seeing so many, uh, you know, uh, installed behind-the-fence charging uh, operations and things like that. Especially in that sort of Long Beach, LA port area, and then you know, as I mentioned, back out into the Inland Empire where the you know the warehouses are. So, how does Enride prioritize you know carbon hotspots and decide where electric trucks and charging infrastructure
1: uh, make the most sense? One of the great sort of advantages that we have by being sort of a, a tech native type of company is that we can approach the the market in a new way. So. I just quickly want to comment on how we engage with our shipper customers. And one of the first things that we do is that we, we start by integrating freight data into our software platform with Saga platform. And that sort of transport data is more of what the footprint looks like. So if you take the Midwest, for example, where do you produce, uh, where do you have your warehouses, where do you have your distribution centers? Where do you have your retail notes? Um, that's your sort of hub and spoke network. And then what volume of goods and what's the variability of that volume being moved on a daily basis. We're able to ingest that data and the same algorithms that we use for daily operations, we can look at it from a strategic perspective. So having that footprint data uh, or call it heat map data, combining several different big accounts we kind of take the guesswork away from where does it make sense to put the infrastructure? Because we know what those routes are, are, are. We know how much volume are being moved and we can proactively plan how much infrastructure, where should it be? What's the energy availability that we need and what the utilization is going to be and hence what will be the return of investment for infrastructure players in this field. So we're able to almost like with a three, four, five year proactivity really plan for infrastructure. And I just wanna, most people probably don't know this, but Android is on on, on good path to have 200 outlets up, up and running by the end of this year in North America and looking at 2023 between 800 and 1,200 charging outlets because of that availability to plan ahead.
0: Okay, we've only got a few seconds left, but a quick answer here, if you could. It's not an easy answer, so do your best. We are have a mismatch right now between the availability of electric trucks and the infrastructure.
1: What is gonna fix that? And it's gotta be quick here. And I think what we just talked about, that's one of the keys, understanding where to put the infrastructure and what the return of investment of that will be, we have that availability in our digital platform, and we're hoping to be able to support the overall industry to be more accurately guided in terms of how to invest smart when it comes to it. By doing so, we're hoping to accelerate also the infrastructure side of it.
0: Well, Nicholas, it's been great catching up again. Thanks so much for being here on the Net Zero Carbon Summit. Folks, stick around for some more uh, uh, episodes coming up.